Yes, it's the Full Disclosure Show. I'm Dan Lamont Williams, the first. We got Bobby Rich Green, the Gasly, Lisa Lisa, the little lady in the house. You know where we tell it like a T.I. motherfucking is, you know what I'm saying? The best podcast that's going, in my humble opinion. What's up, y'all? What's going on with it? What's going on? Hey, shout out to Donna Brewer, Patricia Berry, Rhonda D. Hope. What's up, y'all? What's up with it, everybody? Thanks for your love. Thanks for the love and support. You know what I mean? Like I said, D, best podcast I done heard. Tap in with us, y'all. What's up, you know what it is. is. What's up, Miss Lisa Lisa? Ready to get this show on We got a great show coming for you. Yes, we got a great we got a great show for y'all if I do say so myself. What's going on, Tiffany Mitchell? Hey, happy birthday once again to my son. Just celebrated his 18th birthday. I yes, want to get indeed, that. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. My nephew, you know, who also birthday had his tricks. birthday, LaShawn. What's up, nephew? Happy belated. What's up, Olery Dwight D. Johnson? What's going on with you? What's up, everybody? What's good with it? Hey, I'm glad to see you here, too, Donna Brewer. Yeah, thanks so for the love and support, man. Again, let me, uh, you know, we're just trying to, Bring what we bring, you know what I mean? And I, real quick, I want to shout, uh, shout out to everybody, you know what I mean? want to get your cr- the credit taken care of, you know what I mean? I, I advertise a little bit, but we do do that. So, <laughs> you know, much. help. help. Shameless plug time. Yes, indeed. We can help you get your Thank finances you, in order while we help ourselves get our finances in order. So inbox me or Lisa Burnett, you know what I mean? And we can get at you with that. Yeah, get your credit together, Yeah, y'all. man. Get your credit together. What's up, Derek Wright, nephew? What's yeah. up, son? Yeah, credit is definitely vital to your well-being, to your wealth. That critic. The critic. <laughs> yes, Get your checking account yes, together. What's up with it, y'all? We could be more Pacific if we had yeah, to be, right? you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and not real Atlantic. You know what I mean? So, Again, like I, I want to say real quick, y'all, you know what I mean? We're trying to push this platform as far as we can push it. We can't do it without two guys. So, you know, share share the link. Hit the like get a button. Yeah, hit the like button. You can subscribe to us on Anchor, on Spotify, on the podcast. You know what I'm saying? If you want to know anybody that's like-minded, you know, add them to the group. And uh, we're going to try to... Share your ideas. Yes, yes. Share your ideas. Hit us up if you want to talk about... We love guests. We, we, we love topics. We love topics and we love guests. So hit us up. Hit us up. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. So without further ado, we're going to take it to Lisa, Lisa, the little lady of the house, and get into this thing. You know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so my topic today is I want to talk about this little mermaid situation going on. I see uh, some of these white folk got their panties all in the bunch. And I just, it's its really petty to me. There's a lot more important things going on in the world besides what color a cartoon is. <laughs> and white people are upset about a story that was originally from Africa. It's an original story from Africa about the identity Mama Wada. So... Y'all mad about something that y'all took from us. Like y'all stole everything else. Stole everything else (laughs) and y'all gonna steal the damn story make it into a movie thousands of dollars and now I want to be remade and if my opinion want to be petty and my opinion is going to be made the right way 
that it should have been made <laughs> in the first place. Yeah. And I think if uh, some of these people go out and do their research and do some, look up some things, then maybe they'll uh, close their mouth and get some facts going on instead of just talking out the side of their neck or talking ignorant to say. I mean, they upset too, boy. Every time black people want to leave, here they what come. What in the fudge is this? They have a dark mermaid? Ariel's <laughs> dark? Crazy it's very rare that racism make me laugh. But Science, hey, go ahead, Lisa, Science sorry. doesn't support that there's a black mermaid. There's no way it could be that way. There's Christian's group. There's a Christian group um, trying yeah. to boycott the movie. Yeah, they got And some of the things signatures. that they're saying is like horrible. How can you say such such words? If he's supposed to be a Christian, y'all, y'all, y'all crazy. And I'm, I'm like, if y'all put the same energy into things like I don't know, the way the government is treating us, the shit they're doing to our food, the way they're turning us against us, against each other, all the police killing black people. If you put that same energy that you're putting into a damn cartoon, then maybe we can get a lot further than where we are. That's just my opinion. Well, how do y'all feel about it? What'd you say, Dick Dash, before I chime in? Well, I mean, it's, it's, to me, like I said, it, it's been fun reading some of these comments. I mean, <laughs> hey, you know, man, I, I, know I love white people. It's funny to see white people mad, boy. That right. shit tickles my bowl. These are some very creative racists. <laughs> <laughs> so, you gotta like it. You know, I know it ain't, you know, white people on the whole. It, it, it's that, you know, the, the, the ignorant faction, the, the faction that's always gonna be ignorant. You know, those French elements of it. But at the same token, for one, the Little Mermaid, <laughs> when it first made it, like you said, Ariel was depicted white in a hey, cartoon. I, I did see, did you see the little somebody posted, so now it's going to be Little Mermaid. What? Little Mermaid. She was trying to compare, oh, well, somebody somewhere would be mad if, if, White people remade Black Panther. Or we remade That Blade. was funny when they said they had yeah. Ryan Gosling's picture yeah, on yeah, the yeah. Cracking up. Don't think it ain't going to happen. Somewhere, somewhere, somebody's going to What's up, Baba Pata? What's up, Wendy Terry? So, uh, no, like I was saying, it, it's, it's, it's all allegory. It's all mythology. You know, it's all not true. <laughs> so, uh, it's just strange to me that a people that has taken, uh, taken historical figures as long as we've known and, and whitewashed them to actually have an opinion on someone and whitewashed everything. A, a young now see the thing is in the little mermaid uh, little cartoon, the mermaid can sing, Ariel can sing. So you needed somebody who had the talent. And this young lady and I forget her name, she's one of the twins. Haley Bailey. Bailey. Haley Bailey. Uh, shout out to Haley Bailey. You're doing your thing, y'all. That, that's a, you know, a wonderful time, young lady. I saw that way. name 50 times, lady. and every time I read it, I thought it said Haley Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, well, well no, nah, she's on Gronish. She does a great job on Gronish. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, shout out to her for having the talent, her and her sister, and for being classy young ladies. You know, they mm-hmm. carry themselves very, very well. I could see if, you know, it was some sort of skank who was out there twerking. Hey, shout out to Miley Cyrus. Uh, what's <laughs> up, Timothy Hughes? Tim Dog, uh, Kofi, what's going on with your coffee? Hey man, appreciate the love, everybody so, joining you know, in. Hey, everybody, everybody joining in. So we talking about the Little Mermaid and um, 
racist white people being upset about it because I ain't gonna just stamp it on all white people. Right. I'm pretty yeah, sure there's much to do about people. something. But um, you know, honestly, like I said, it's a fictional character. It's all allegories, all mythology. You know, it's a lot like the Western religions. You know what I'm saying? Right, so right. it's like they depict people certain ways. So you giving a people who you subjugated for a very long time a shot, you know, at, at being at the forefront. You know, shout out to Hollywood for being brave enough to do this type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Um, but truth be told, y'all can have y'all characters. Yeah. Let, let's start, you know, instead of us, like, for one, she deserves it. Because mm-hmm. she's talented, she can sing. Let me get that out the way. Mm-hmm. And nothing should be taken away from this young lady. She shouldn't feel bad for that. So if she ever heard this sound bite, don't let these haters get to you. You know, it's, and these grown folks. Yeah. These are adults that are doing Christian this type adults. of stuff. Um, but do your thing. But this this should give black writers, all, all you black writers out there and aspiring artists, whatever, start writing your story. Tell your truth. Let's start putting that together to where we don't need necessarily Hollywood to put our stories together. We don't need somebody to do something like this on, on a whole. Mm-hmm. We need to do it for ourselves and we need to support ourselves. But if this is what it's going to be, I'm going to make sure that I'm there. I don't even have any daughters young enough that I would take to see this, but I'll go right. see it just to That's support you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go yeah. see it just to support just you. Know, and you know, what, what I do think, though, is that in 2019, it's crazy how in 2019 that people are still upset about something this petty and that something like this is a milestone for us. Right, right, yeah. right. Like, why are we still so, so, I mean, I understand why, and yeah. I'm glad for it. I ain't knocking her or, or right. hating or anything, but yeah. why are we still at this level where we get a cartoon superhero that's like, yeah, we didn't did it. We made it now. We made it now. Ooh, no, no. Right? I think <laughs> not only do we need cartoon characters. What's up, Jerome Jackson? For, uh, Heroes for you know the, the younger yeah. youth. We also need real life superheroes. It was about seeing images of yeah. ourselves constantly. I want to chime in real quick. I, I posted something in the group a couple of days ago. It said uh, twenty four. And now uh, actually, I pulled up a hundred. <laughs> I pulled up a hundred black characters that were historically black that were played by white actors. But I narrowed it was like what twenty five, mm-hmm. where nobody gave a damn. You know what I mean? Uh, and how they shamelessly. And not just black characters, but Asian characters, Indian characters, where they just samely put a white dude in there, Puerto Rican, Squareface, Cuban, you know, we can go, list goes on and on. But, uh, you know, I, I like to dig deeper into this, like, you know, how my, my mind likes to work. And I was actually thinking about, there were other characters that a black person played that were white. And you like, Nick Cage, mm-hmm. a famous Marvel character. In the, in the comics, was a white, iconic character. Was you know when Samuel Jackson was announced as playing the case, I don't remember a big blowback. I know some people probably were in their feelings, but you but know they changed the black into the comics. Uh, yeah, right. Years from, prior. The, from the comic, from the movie. Well, a few years before the movie, they changed the black. Okay, from what I was told. Right, you know, right. and I could be wrong. And but then, you know, you had other you had other characters as Miles Morales, you talk Spider Man, different characters who were white and were played by black characters, and and I was wondering, and it's two characters, and I and I'm sitting there. Two characters that white people uh, uh, had a fit about, B. 
being played by a brother or a black person. One's this Little Mermaid, and two was James Bond. So it got me to thinking, like, well, why was the big blowback about those two? Like, people were ready to have a fit about Idris <laughs> Elba playing James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it occurred to me, I believe it has it has a lot to do with the depiction of beauty or the depiction of sexuality or masculinity. You see what I'm saying? If we, was, if, you just, if we was just playing certain type of roles, they cool with it. But the Little Mermaid has always been a symbol my coffee, of beauty. Go get beauty, my tea. Right. The Little <laughs> Mermaid awesome. has always been a symbol of beauty. You know, the mermaid to have come up and, and is, is always a beautiful, like James Bond, the, the lady killer. You know what I mean? The killer. Like, they don't want us that. Right. We could play, we could play us, the Hulk. You know what I mean? You could play other black characters can play certain white characters. They, don't have a, they won't have a fit. Like, uh, you had Michael... Uh, Michael Clark Dutchson played the Kingpin. The Kingpin. And the Daredevil. Nobody had a fit. Nobody said a word. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think specifically them two characters that so people are so up and about with, I think that has somewhat to do with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That that depiction. We're not supposed to be the, the most beautiful one in the picture or the right. most handsome one to get out of it. That's threatening. That's very threatening. Now, we can, we can bust guns and shoot up at people and we can... You know, I'm mean? yeah. shuffle a job, but we don't. Yeah, we wanna... can't be beautiful. We can't mm-hmm. be strong. So I, I think that plays a somewhat part, at least in my mind, of the reason why so much backlash. You know, other than that, I don't understand it. Well, remember they, they did this with Luda Orphan Annie when they came up with the new Annie, and they had Jamie Foxx and uh, I can't pronounce right, that girl's right, name yeah. to save my life with the cute. You know, she she's a beast of the wild. Uh, I believe that was the other movie she was in. I could be wrong, uh, but you know, they got a lot of blowback back from that. But think wrong. about it. I mean, they depict Jesus as white. So, you know, yeah. I, think, yeah. I think we're pretty even to have Ariel. So, <laughs> y'all calm a little bit. Gandhi now. was it? Uh, ben Kingsley, ain't he a white man who played Gandhi? Yeah. 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 I mean, ben you know Kingsley what I mean? We're talking about real people who actually existed. We're not talking about fictional characters. What time Cruise in The Last Samurai? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So, I and mean. They didn't even do, they didn't even take it as far as to make him look, you know, he was a white man, yeah. and that was it. Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> in, the, in the Prince of Persia. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Yeah. He looking about as Persian as I do. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and you seeing these, you seeing all these Japanese anime movies getting remade with white actors and white yeah. actresses. Well, who was the one that, uh, Ghost you know, of the Machine. Ghost of the Machine, was, yeah. Was, yeah. Was, uh, That's exactly what I was about to yeah. say. Yeah. What's her name, Scarlett? Angelina Jolie, I think, was Ghost yeah. of the Machine. Well, no, no, no. She no, no, no. Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, Scarlett Johansson, I believe. It's the same who whoever played Black Widow. That's who played it. Okay, yeah. That's her. That's Scarlett Johansson. When I seen that movie that Angelina Jolie played, that, um, that she betrayed the woman, Marianne Pearl. It's called Mighty Heart. Uh-huh. I didn't even know the woman was black. Like I thought she was a white woman or a Latino woman. I didn't know she was black until I happened to see an interview of her. And I'm like, well, the woman's black. They, you could at least paint her, give her black face if you're gonna go all out with it. Wasn't that like a Mark Wahlberg movie where it was something about 9/11 and there was a black guy that saved all those people, but they they made it a white character. Yeah. So I mean, come on, y'all. <laughs> we we get to play fictional characters. It's not like we playing historic figures. Right, right. I mean, like you know, white people didn't know that uh, a man came through on the, on the, uh, on the elephants and Hannibal. Hannibal, know, he, yeah. He, 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 he conquered everything. White people was tripping because they didn't realize that he was black. Yeah. When so, they had the History Channel yeah, documentary, yeah. yeah, they didn't realize that he was black. I mean, we always knew it. 
But I guess it's just never been talked about. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But they were, they, they were up in arms about this. Real quick, here's the article right here. 25 times white actors played people of color and no one really gave a shit. You had Angelina Jolie play Marianne Pearl. Ben Affleck as Antonio J. Minnett. Mendez. That was in oh, the Mendez Argo. Brothers. That was in Argo. Have you seen Argo? Argo, Real yeah, good movie. yeah. It's a very good movie. Jos oh. Joseph Finez as Michael Jackson. Mickey Rourke as Mr. Unishoshi. <laughs> I guarantee <laughs> Mickey Rourke is no Mr. Unishoshi. He, he don't sound too Japanese to me. Yeah, what movie is it? What, yeah, Jesus one? can be black. But not my Lord and Savior said Bible yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Julianne Minosh as Mariana Sokova in the 33. I mean, it's just like, this goes oh, on and on, man. Lawrence Olivier as an Othello. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I posted oh, it. I'm a, I'll, I'll, I'll share it again. Uh, when it comes to this topic, this is Jerome Jackson. K. Sarah Sarah. There is a presence of ignorance that is mistaken for dominance that will forever be a problem. Well, that's an eloquent statement yeah, if I yeah, ever heard yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, you know. So I say. Yeah, Lisa, you just said it. Yeah, she just shared it in the group. But uh, yeah, man, it's just it, it's, it's still it's funny, man. It's funny white people had their panties up in a bunch. I'm on, like I said, I'm on Twitter now. Y'all hit me up at Twitter, Derek L. Williams. You know what I'm saying? And uh, they had I see the petition. And I see uh, the one comment I meant to I meant to Photoshop, uh, snap it, and read it, but I couldn't find it. And uh, she was saying that it's not I'm not racist or nothing. <laughs> I just feel <laughs> like you know what I mean. Yeah, you know what it starts with that. <laughs> right, it starts with that. You already know what it is. Like, the next Mike Tyson movie will be like, played by Paulie Shore. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's like man, we you know when when they had the movie Gods of Egypt, and I'm looking at the commercial, and I'm saying like, look at this shenanigans. Why, why aren't you up in arms about this? I could if not you, watch if you, that movie. I haven't watched it. I won't watch it. I can't watch it. And so if you, if white people, if you feel that way, then why don't you come out and say, well, you know what, this ain't right. You know what I mean? These were historically, and, and that, it's so much damaging when you put, it, it's a it's a uh, plan when you do take historically characters that were not white and make them white. That's not just happenstance. You know what I mean? That's just not Hollywood. There's a reason for that. You know what I mean? So it's a reason why you make the Little Mermaid black. It's a reason why you make Barbies black. Because you have an audience other than white people that you are trying to cater to. Right. And for white people to get upset that we're trying... And, and, and even because we talked about the, the whole LBGTQ thing going on. You know, I always hear black people talk about it's a conspiracy, conspiracy. They're trying to put the images on us. But at the same time, they have to cater to a certain fan base. You know these, everybody these, had demographics. Everybody, yeah, they're, everybody they're, had demographics. They're sitting in the boardroom looking at demographics, looking at charts, looking at, and they're trying to say, okay, we have a certain demographic. Certain people watch. These is who we're trying to get to. We're trying to get to these people. We're trying to get to these people. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? I mean, hey, I'm sure everybody else in the Little Mermaid going to be white. <laughs> Jesus Christ, y'all got to have everything. You know. <laughs> You know, that's what they said about you. You guys got to have everything. Man, and it used to piss me off. because she you, couldn't swim. You know, but you know, it used to piss, be used to piss me off, y'all. I'm a movie buff, okay? Always have been. You know what I'm saying? My stepdad really, you know, back in the days with the with the real to reels. You know what I'm saying? Really got me into the movies, the old movies. You know how many white people movies I done watched without a brother in it? 
without batting the eye. Without batting the eye. I mean, we grew up watching Chud and, and yeah, uh, Attack of the Killers. Come on, man. Reanimator. So it's like, you know, and, and when you see good movies with an all-black cast, I don't even like to call them black movies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just a, And it's like to see, why, you know, I used to like, oh, man, white people don't come see our movies. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, why are you when you go to the movies? Like, wow. Well, now and then, that, that's turned well, there. Because you went to, you you went to go it. see the, uh, yeah, now the, the seeing Black Klansman. You said yeah. it was production. Now you're saying, yeah. well, I'm just talking about back, back, back in the day. day. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I agree with you. And, and now you starting, you see a different shift. You see yeah. black, white, a lot of white people coming to see movies. Regardless, matter of fact, I was just in Walmart the other day. And uh, I walk in, and uh, it was a, uh, a white lady, I think it was her daughter, I, I'm assuming. And they were walking, and we were walking past a little movie stand. And she was like, did you see us yet? You haven't seen us yet? We should get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's what, you know, I don't think. Sounds like a one to grow, grow. Right, right, right. <laughs> I don't think that we you saw that 15, 20 years ago. You know, they act like our movies didn't exist. No, I also think that we are definitely conditioned to hate black excellence. Anytime, you know, black people start to live, start to try to do good, mm-hmm. here come the white crowd hating the white haters the naysayers so and you even have some black people saying it it's true too and but they don't even know that why they're hating they don't even yeah. know where that's coming from and, and then they use the stupid excuses like uh it's a childhood story uh i grew up always knowing not my ariel <laughs> <laughs> you see that? That's what it's trending. They have the the, the, the petition. They have signs it's called "Not My Ariel." That's not my Ariel. I think a few years ago they was playing with the uh, thought of making Superman black, and you saw the people. They, I mean, they were just playing with the idea, and people were like, "Oh no, Superman! Well, How could Superman be black? He gets his power from the sun." <laughs> it was a character that was um, in that in that show, the movie. Definitely, uh, Percy, the with the the witches in oh, the yeah, 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 yeah. You know guys, know what I'm talking about. You talking about Harry Harry Harry, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. And I guess it was a character there, and they when they was making the movie, uh, they were gonna make the character black, and these motherfuckers were getting ready to shut the whole fuck <laughs> down production down because they were gonna make getting ready to make this character yeah. black. While in the book, she was described as being a black woman, so. Hey, Jerome Jackson said, I'm going to audition for the role to play Trump. It <laughs> really piss people off. <laughs> Man, this should make a light-skinned black dude Donald Trump in the Donald Trump story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, y'all, you're watching the full disclosure show where we tell it like a T.I. is. I'm Derek Lamont Williams the first. Big Dick Dashley, Baba Rich Green, and Lisa, Lisa, the little lady in the house. Thank y'all for tapping in, man. Share the broadcast. Give us your comments, man. Call in. Drop that call in number. We try to get y'all. 330-826-1175. Yes, 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 330-826-1175. Anyway, as we proceed to give you what you need, Dick Dashley, we're going to get into the social media post of the week. Man. All right. Hey, well, we're going to get in. I had two, two, if not three, things to talk about. Uh, one of those, it was it's a thing going viral about a teacher who said she quit teaching. You know, uh, due to the effects of how parenting affects teaching, um, and maybe we'll talk about that another time. But since everything's going on in the NBA, and then with the power move that you just saw, 
that happened with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, I wanted to talk about uh, something that you and I, we discussed in private, uh, the LeBron James effect, as people call it. So it's not just necessarily one article or um, like a myriad of things. It's something that you see a lot in social media. Talking about LeBron James effect, the fact that he, when he was with the Cavs, will never sign anything longer than a two-year deal. Or, you know, that way he kept management, keeping their promises and doing things. Overall, you know, um, you know, we we in the same, we belong to some of the same groups and things. So you see certain things where they they're talking about, oh, this is the effect LeBron James had on the league. He messed up the league. It's super teams. Super teams predate LeBron James. Overall, uh, what's up, Kevin Wright? Um, he wasn't the first one to do it. Matter of fact, the Lakers was one of the first ones to put a super team together. If you really want to be real with it, that included Kobe, Shaq, Carl uh, Malone. And Gary Payton, you know, this predated the big three in Boston. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> what LeBron did is LeBron really showed the strength of the athlete in team sports and how you can control your destiny. Now, prior to free agency, let's just talk about the NBA first. Prior to free agency in, in the NBA, a team basically owned you. You could not switch teams unless they traded or they cut you. That was the only way you could trade teams. So when people talk about, oh, people had loyalty back in the day, they had no choice back in the day. Mm-hmm. Let, let's, let, let's not confuse loyalty with, with choices. And with me not being big in the sports right now, this is probably crazy that I'm picking this topic, but I just thought I'd touch on something. So, you know, the first, do you know who the first unrestricted free agent to ever be signed in the NBA was? D. The first unrestricted free agent escapes my memory. It was in 88, 1988. Lisa, you want to take a crack at it? (laughs) No, I'll let y'all have it. (laughs) The Phoenix Suns signed the first unrestricted free agent. I was going to say that. uh, You know, I I saw (laughs) it. I did it. It's a So, um, oh, my God. I just just drew a blank with his name. Travers. My man yeah, Chambers, yeah, Tom, Tom, Tom Chambers. Everybody remember that dunk he he, he had on Mark Jackson, right, right. classic. But uh, Tom Chambers was the first unrestricted free agent. So what the NBA came up with was you had to have lived through two contracts and at least had seven years in the league, then you could become an unrestricted free agent. And you know those rules still somewhat apply. Then they have restricted free agents, which you have to give up some sort of compensation or team has to come within 10% of the offer from another team. And then, uh, but this is really where it began a free trade. Um, There's a movie out and I actually posted it once before that talks about this very thing. And it kind of piggybacks off of um, uh, the thoughts of Harry Douglas, which is a, a UCLA professor who's a former professional football player. Um, Brother's brilliant. And it talks about this right now. I can't even think of the movie, so uh, sorry about that. But LeBron James, getting back to him, I see in a lot of these things, uh, you know, you got Jason Whitlock, uh, you got people in some of the groups that we have that are saying, oh, LeBron messed up the NBA. How? How? Check this out. Prior to free agency, you played for one team, they owned you. The only way you got off of that was injury, retirement, or they traded you. You tell me how that's quid pro quo. It's none in there. That's just like you've been an indentured servant in slavery. 
Uh, we take a look at football. Football is even worse. But LeBron in general, and before I get to my summation of how I feel about it, uh, Lisa or Derek, I, I want you to touch on it as far as quote-unquote the LeBron James effect where uh, players are choosing the teams in their own destiny. What, what's your thought process on this? I mean, you look at what you just said, you know, you players who choose in their own destiny. LeBron James didn't do anything new. You know, I don't get, I don't understand. You can look at it from two, two, two perspectives, okay? As a, as a fan, as a sports fan, as a Cavs fan. You know, of course, I didn't, you know, LeBron James became a free agent. Of course, I didn't want him to leave. You know what I mean? But I do understand that, you know, this is the first time they get to make a move on their own. They get to choose where they want to play. If I got a chance to choose anywhere I want to live, you know what I mean, I had to take my best interest in mind, what, what means something to me. Right. So it is what it is. Right. With LeBron James, really LeBron, LeBron James' uh, effect, because he's not doing anything they want to do. Like when you talked about the Lakers super team, you know what I mean? When or you talking about Houston when Charles Barkley was chasing the ring when Charles Barkley went to Houston to, to, yeah, and to go yeah. play with uh Hakeem to try to win the ring. What LeBron James did specifically it was different is LeBron James brought his own people. LeBron James agent is his people. LeBron James his group runs his whole circle. You know what I mean? And you hear a lot of people who and it's really about Rich Paul. you hear a lot of agents are mad because they feel like he he stepped. He he missed the, the the pattern that they're supposed to follow. You know, like if you want to be a doctor, you got to do this, 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 and this to be a doctor. To be a sports agent, you're supposed to go go to college, do this. And he didn't do that. You know what I mean? He went. He was. He only thing he knew LeBron James. You know what I mean? But that wasn't all. He worked. He learned oh, yeah. the job. So he got. Good. He put in there. and He hustled. That's what this problem is really about. The fans. You know, the fans just. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. You got. It comes down to people who hate LeBron James and if you don't. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, to me, you know, to him moving, what he did in Miami, he got Bosh come with him down to play with his boy Dwayne Wade mm. in Miami. This is where this whole thing basically started. Sure. Not service, just, yeah, yeah, not just, usually it's always the teams. Like, oh, I want to trade for this guy. Or I'm going to get this guy. And the teams can get, and they put these teams together. But people were mad because LeBron James, the players, Decide. are deciding. Mm -hmm. Like they're, you know, it's an AAU now. The, the, yeah. the invention of AAU. How are you supposed made, to make those decisions right. for yourself, boy? When LeBron James is is from the AAU culture. AAU is these tournaments now that they do all over all year round. Yeah. So all these players, they know each other. They friends. They're not coming. You know, before they they came in the NBA, they didn't know each other. Mm -hmm. You know, they might have played in an all-star game, but you if you was from California, there's no way for me to know you, and I'm from New York. But see, now they tour, they travel. Short in the country. Yes, and, and they know each other, and they make friends with each other. And now they like, oh, man, you know, when, when our when our, our free agency comes, we're going to play together. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And a, a lot of people, it rubs the wrong way. A lot of old school people that think shit should be run by the masses instead of the, the, the workers. So... I mean, I commend what he did. I mean, you see what Kawhi did. That's basically why this that is was a forefront. Move. Because Ka Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard, Leonard made Paul a power George. move and said, hey, I'll come play with you. You go get my boy, Paul George, and I'll see what we, and I'll make it happen. And they did it. 
You know what I mean? Now, you see, you don't see people, if, if just when LeBron basically did the same thing. You know, Anthony Davis signed with Clutch Sports. Clutch Sports is LeBron's sports agency. Mm-hmm. So when Anthony Davis signed with Clutch Sports, knew what was up, yeah. you knew what was up. <laughs> Anthony Davis played in New Orleans. So he, t- he had two le- years left on his contract. Basically, he said, look, I'm not going to re-sign. So you have one year left, right? I'm not going to re-sign with you. I want to play for the Lakers. Same thing uh, Carmelo Anthony did with the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Nobody, it, see what I'm saying? Nobody said a word. Nobody, yeah. Carmelo Anthony said, I got one year left. I'm not going to re-sign with you. So that means you have no leverage. You know, I'm, I'm going to be a free agent. So if you want to get something in return, instead of me just leaving, yeah, you, you know, I'm now. giving you the opportunity to do it now. And so that's what, uh, that's basically what Anthony Davis did. And people were mad. Well, he saw with Clutch Sports, he was LeBron, and LeBron James did that. I mean, why not? Why not? Well, so. Mm-hmm. Lisa, I know you, I don't know if you follow sports closely or not, but basically what was happening before is the owners controlled everything. Were, were players destiny, they couldn't do this, they couldn't do that. What LeBron really did is, let's say this first, he bet on himself. That's what he was doing. When you sign a two-year agreement and you betting on yourself to perform every single time, does that put more pressure on the franchise or puts more pressure on you? Everybody thought it was putting pressure on the franchise. That put a lot of pressure on him to perform. Also, I mean, both ways. Uh, uh, it's yeah, it's, also, it's, it's how like, you it's, keep it's, pressure yeah. on them. You, I keep pressure on you, but I have to hold on uh, my side, side of the bargain. Because the, the minute he lost any step, and people want to say he's losing it now, averaging 27 points a game, I think he was like third in the league last year. How is that? Were you, were you still at the top of your craft that people are saying this type of stuff? So what happened is LeBron was trying to sign short contracts in order to control his destiny. You know, you don't really get that when you first come in. He was smart. He was just ahead of the curve. He was thinking a little bit stronger than whatever collective he was the first one to do it. When and, his first, the whole when nine. his, you know, they signed a three-year rookie contract. Then it's like they get two more years uh, a team option. Team option. So it's like after the sixth year, you become a free agent. That's when you can go where you want to go. Right. But well, when LeBron James left Cavs, he came. When he came back, he signed two-year deals with a one-year player option for the second year. That then he way, can stay or he can go. Yeah. You know what I mean? That way, and you're taking a risk because if you get hurt, you don't. You you can you you know you can they can let you go. But he was taking a risk. But what he was doing was putting pressure on the franchise. Like if you don't do, if you don't do X Y and Z, mm-hmm. I can leave. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, hey, and shout out to Le'Veon Bell for putting his career on the line by doing the same thing with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. They kept signing him to. So, it's crazy how we're programmed. Let me just get to the program. So you have these people. Fans and people who say that they know sports mad at LeBron. Oh, LeBron is the GM of this team. He said, no, the GM is the GM of the team. Yeah. But what I'm trying to do is make sure you put people who are going to be competitive on this team. The NBA, for a long time, all they did was trade at salaries. So the whole thing was to, to, to stay under a salary cap. The caps came around once free agency began. So it's like, oh, this is how much you can spend. But... When you have that type of leverage, you're the best player in the league for a number of years, you're saying, I want some of the best talent that you can find for me. If you can't do it, I'll do it myself. LeBron never wanted Kyrie to leave. Now, when Kyrie first left the Cleveland Cavaliers, everybody was saying, oh, LeBron chased Kyrie out of town. Kyrie, in his own words, was like, you know what? Basically, I was being spoiled. I was tripping. I was tripping. 
because he wanted to show people I'm I'm the man. You know, all these guys, everybody in the NBA was the best in their town, in their city, and this. You don't make it to the NBA and not be good. Let's just get that. Calling people bums, most of us, we sitting down with our fat bellies drinking beer. <laughs> you couldn't go out and you couldn't perform two minutes on the NBA court. You Come on. stink. You know, I'm so, yeah, but I, how you going to call somebody <laughs> a bum that you, you, you couldn't, you can carry his his spit bucket, you know what I'm saying? Or her spit bucket, you know. Uh, if we talk about the WNBA, what LeBron did was he put the, the power in the players' hands where it's been all along. What we should do as a society is take heed to that. When you're not getting what you want at your job, you can have a LeBron James effect at your job if everybody has solidarity. Man, look, I understand where you're coming from. That's when you say I can't hear you. When you say speaking, when you say if you're not getting what you want at your job, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And that's how I feel at my job. I felt as if I wasn't getting what I deserve. I wasn't getting my worth. So and they and they weren't giving me the opportunity to even try or to even fuck up. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So since you're not gonna give me the opportunity, I'm gonna make the opportunity. I'm Shut gonna up. take the opportunity. Shut so up. I feel like I made the move to take my destiny into Your my own hands. hands. Say that. You know, and I feel like not to say nobody should go out and get a nine to five, but the way I feel about jobs is that when you go to any job your destiny is in your boss's hands. If you don't come to work and you don't have something on that he doesn't approve of, he fires you. If you say or do something that he doesn't approve of, he can fire you. And let me you ask just something. Describe LeBron me James effect. Well, let me ask. Yeah. Yeah. This, is, this is what happened. Let me, let me throw this at you too. I want to get your thoughts. And that's, what, that's, what, that's what's crazy about the fan reaction is, like when a team, like if I'm a fan of a team, right, and and the team cuts the player because he's not playing. As good as he used to, you know, the fans were like, "Well, yeah, get rid of him. He's a bum." He, yeah, uh, he, he needed to go. He dropped that pass yesterday. Let him go. So the teams can drop, cut you. The teams can trade you and make you uplink your whole life. Yeah. And you know, your kids in school, and in the middle of the year, you you going to Phoenix from New Jersey, and nobody bats an eye. But a minute, a player says, "Look, I'm not going to sign here next year, so you better trade me." Oh, you betrayed the city. Or you yeah. gonna lose? Or I'm leaving, and you gonna lose? Like when after you see how they play, how they the fans boo them, and he even talked think, about it on the shop. Uh, uh, really, so we talk about LeBron James. Yeah. When they were on the shop, go ahead. This. I think people's perception of what I think people's the fan. I think what their perception is that they have to do whatever I want them to do. Because if they don't, then I will no longer be a fan. I pay for yeah. your tickets. I buy your clothes. So you mm -hmm. have to do what I say to do or you a bum. And I think people hate for people to think for themselves. And LeBron thinks for himself. And the way that he thinks for himself, he thinks as a whole yeah, and for the better of seeing, his community. You're seeing people, you're seeing LeBron James start a production company, you see yeah, him in Hollywood. Right. Now you see what, Steph Curry. Yeah. yeah. Now you see Kevin Durant. Yeah. So he definitely has some sort of effect and he knows that and I feel as if he uses up, Gabriel? and his effect Thanks for tapping in. to start positive trends. Well, and I agree. Like with the school, with everything. Now I'm, I'm going to tell you this, man. The blueprint was put together by a dude named Sean Carter. Sean Corey Carter put this blueprint together with music. 
if you watch the moves of Jay-Z, and you watch the moves of everybody who messed with Jay-Z, before Nas and Jay-Z squashed their beef, Nas was not as wealthy as he is now. Mm -hmm. Look what he's doing now. It is not a mistake. Your understudy starts studying you and watch your moves. Yeah. So they need to be watching what LeBron do. If you if you and that well, league, you know, it's, watch, go it's ahead. funny that you make that connection because it, I, it, you know, I never thought about it. But you hit the head right on the point, right on the nose. I remember when Le, before LeBron James got in the NBA, I was watching a thing about him doing an interview, and he he was a big Jay Z fan. And this was the first time he met Jay Z. You know, because he was all, and he was, he wasn't even, he was just high school. And Jay Z came to meet him, and they, they had the meeting on film, and I watched it. You know, him and Jay Z became great friends. Really, really good. Yeah. So it ain't no, it's, it's definitely no, mm-hmm. coincidence no coincidence that he moved in the way he moved. The way he you moved. best believe that. It only makes sense for you to watch and study someone that is more successful than you in order for you to get to where that person yeah, is. No, I don't understand when people see someone that's more successful than them or what have you, they start hating on them and start talking shit about them. But you are not on their level. You know, you got less than they got and you mad about your situation. So instead of you talking shit, because obviously what you're doing isn't working mm-hmm. or you would be a lot further than where you are and you wouldn't even be worried about this person. Correct. Why don't you become that person's friend or study that person or learn what he or she's doing so you can get on their level or then so, you ain't got to worry about talking learn, shit about that person. Or just learn how to move. And so basically, what I'm going to say is, look, LeBron took the onus on himself. He took a big chance for taking these short contracts. Because as you can see, look, look at what happened to KD. You know, you listen to the team doctors. Some team doctors are not on your side. They are there for the team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he could have ruined his career. I believe that is what precipitated him to want to move out of there. That's going to be the powerhouse once him, Kareem, Kyrie, and, uh, and my man uh, 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 from the Clippers, they all play together, yeah. DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan. That's going to be crazy. But what they, what they end up doing is they've given the league parity, something the league has always tried to maintain. All leagues try to yeah. maintain parity where every team has a chance to win. This year gave the league that. But this was under the players' own. See, the players understand that too. I understand I got to put on a good contest, a good show, in order for you to keep coming back and buying, buying, mm-hmm. buying that ticket. You want to feel like your team has that opportunity. So what it did for the smaller market teams or the teams who don't have these big names, you got to build through the draft. You got to really show that your basketball people are basketball people. But getting back to LeBron James, the LeBron James effect, if you learn anything from this young man, is this, that you hold your own destiny, believe in yourself. Work hard every single day and know your worth. He knew his worth. He knew his worth. And it's precipitated and it's giving him the life that he deserves. And other players are learning that. I want to say shout out to those young men. And shame on any of your, you people that's talking about, oh, he's the GM, he's this, he's that, and he's the coach and all this other stuff. Shame on you for uh, making these players feel bad if they leave the city. Because the minute they can't perform, you want to throw them away. The power has always been in the team's hands. Now the power is in the players' hands. Power to the people. I just don't understand how people can get so upset because people take their destiny into their own hands. But if you got something going on in your life, don't you take, up, the, Marie, don't you take the power into your own hands and change the situation? So why are you mad at other people <laughs> for doing the same thing? What Kevin Wright said, we need some Judge Dread laws 
for officials and company policies. Laugh out loud. The long walk of shame. Yeah. What's up, Nicole? <laughs> Before we move on, man, I, I want to. You you got to be you got to get a media assassin, man. You got to look at the media. I, I want to talk about. I always like to look at false narrative. This whole super team thing to me is a false narrative because if you look at the, the so-called super Cole. team, what's up, Patrick? What's up with you, man? I've been waiting for you to tune in. Hey, if you look at the the so-called Miami Heat, the first year, Miami, LeBron, Bosh, Wade. They were together four years. They won two championships. They beat that. I mean, that's not a – you know, they went to four straight finals. Four, final, straight, four yeah. straight finals. But what, what's, what's the difference between that and the Lakers and the Celtics in the A's? Say that. Okay, what, what, what's the difference? No difference. What's the difference? So, okay, let's go to this. Let's go to white man right, control. Let's go to this Golden State, right? They went to five straight finals. Well, well, let's stop when when they got Kevin Durant because that's when the, the super team stuff started talking. Before, you know, it was that team was built built through the draft. Yeah. Kevin Durant joins the seventy three and nine team. They won two championships. Hey, shout out to Mark Jackson for putting that. Yeah, what difference is that from? The Celtics, I, you see what I'm saying? The Lakers yeah. and the A's. No the Bulls won six. Come Bulls on. won six, three straight. What the last team that won three straight championships? Was it the Lakers? Yeah, Shaq and Kobe. So th- this whole thing, like the league, is yeah. You know, we had five straight years of Cavs and Golden State. You know what I mean? True indeed. But there were some great series. The Cavs went to seven games with the Celtics, where the Celtics could have beat them. Houston was, I mean, Golden State was. Down 3-1 twice with OKC and Houston. Neither one could close the deal. You need a competitive series. So this whole thing where the league is out of whack, when you look back at it, you're like, oh, it, was, it really wasn't that bad. You see Toronto, a team who are uh, 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 not much superstars, they're beat. Cause it's hard to win. I don't care how many superstars you got. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Anyway, Competition going to be better because yeah. you got a lot of happy players. I'm playing where I want to play. I'm going to play hard right. because I made this decision. Right. Now, if I'm forced to do something, I might play a little bit differently, but I'm going to give my heart because I feel like and I made this decision. And see, a thing, real quick, the NBA made that happen because the difference between the NFL and the NBA is the player in the NFL, the player goes to the team that's paying the most, mm-hmm. right? The NBA is a is a is a uh, it's slotted, it's max. You make four years, one hundred ninety two, no matter where you go. So the only cho- what's the choice is where where do I want to play? Where I want to play? You know what I mean? If you make it to where like an NFL, it might be a few dollars difference, right? Yeah, like with that, NFL, like you know, teams can pay you as much as they want to. That's you know right. what I mean? And you can say, well, if they pay me more, I'm going there. So. Y'all watching the full disclosure show. Derek Lamont wins the first. Big Dick Dashley, Bobby Ritz Green, and a little lady in the house, Lisa Lisa. Without further ado, I'm going to get to my topic at hand, man. And, you know, if anybody you know me, I'm you know, I'm all about love. You call me a love doctor if you want, you know what I mean? But for real, I, I, I feel like love is, well, you know what I'm saying? Love, I feel like love is it, it's our most is, is our most undervalued resource. You know what I mean? So I wanted to bring into this book I read a couple months ago called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Y'all can check it out right here. It's not no book of the month or nothing. You know what I mean? If you checked, if you, if you read it before, cool. If you didn't, don't worry about it. We about to go through it anyway. Give you all the spoilers. You know what I mean? But anyway, what he's suggesting in the book, The Five Love Languages, that these are the languages that we speak. And he's saying that everybody has a primary love language. Now, what I got for the book, and what I try to do, and I thought I've already, I already thought I was doing, a, I do a good job. Is I'm trying to, I'm trying to speak all five. 
You know what I mean? But what he's suggesting is we all have a primary, like that one above all others that speaks to us, you know, more so than the rest. And what you're saying is important to know your own primary love language and to understand whoever you're with, their primary love language, so you can speak to that specifically more so than all of them. But again, like I said, what I took out is about speaking to all of it, being fluent and so fluent in all five love languages. So I'm about to run through them real quick. Number one is words of affirmation. You know what I mean? Number two is quality time. Number three, receiving gifts. Number number four, yeah, I'm sure most women do like that. Number four is acts of service. And number five is physical touch. Now, it's pretty self-explanatory, you know, words of affirmation. When they had actually in the book where he says kind, using kind words, uh, physical touch. And, you know, he's using kind words, verbal compliments, encouraging words, using humble words, speaking life into, you know, the person you're with. Quality time basically, you know, speaks for itself. It's more what, they, what it says, focused attention. You know what I mean? That means we just, we're not just sitting here together. We're focused on each other. We're not just on our computers, on our phones. We're actually engaging in one another. Uh, quality conversation. Again, you know what I'm saying, when you're talking and quality activities, you know, doing stuff together, whatever. And I think all these actually work for any relationship, really, you know what I mean? Like, to me, when I say relationship, that's what I talk about. You know, you have the person you're with, but then you, you know, you have, you know, you could be a boss, you could have employees, you got co-workers, you have family, you know, these things, a lot of stuff, you know, some of these things can then go use in every relationship because I think love is what we need. So, and and then there's actually a sixth one that was that came after the book that this one guy wrote, and he was he was his theory was if it can override all the other five if you don't understand, and his was the approval of others. Now his theory was if your other half sixth uh, language was approval of others. And the example he gave is like, okay, you know, you buy your, you buy your somebody uh, some flowers. You buy your your wife whatever some flowers, and they say thank you. But then they look on Facebook and see their friend got a car, you know, and now they feel like they need other or they speak negatively of what you're doing for them. They need other people to chime in and say, oh, that's nice, whatever, whatever. So yeah. he was saying that that could override the other five. So you got some comment? Yeah, Jerome Jackson. That's what he said when it comes. To words of affirmation, bro. And uh, Patrick Bubba Boy Cole said communication. Yeah, communication. Yeah. So that's about finding your own. It's about understanding. And like, what I know is it probably, you probably take two of these, you know what I mean? Like, if you're two, but what he's saying is always, it's pro- always one primary one. So it's about knowing your primary love language and knowing your, whoever you're with, primary love language. And to speak to that, to make an effort, a conceited effort to speak to that. You know what I mean? As well as all of them. I say, you know, we do all of them. So, what, 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 would, what would y'all like to add to that? Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, love is everything. And love heals everything. Love is actually the strongest, your heart is actually the strongest chakra that you that you have. And it's what balances out everything. And love can overcome really a 
it's a cliche, but yeah. for real, it, it can overcome anything. So I definitely agree with with that. I'm not really sure with what my love language is, but maybe that's a book I should um, read because I'm not really sure what my love language is. But I know that for me personally, I had a. It's always been hard for me to share love or to be loved based off some of the things that I went through. It really is. He talks about. You get the point on the TV. Here we go. Here we go. I think we got a caller here. Hey, Mr. Jackson. Hey. Let's see. Can we get you here? Mr. Jackson, can you hear us? We, yeah, no we problem. have a little technical difficulty. That's my bad. Please leave your comments, man. I'm dying to hear what you have to say. But, uh, yeah, and he talks about in the book, he talks about how difficult it can be for when you, when you, when you realize maybe your partner's primary love language is not a language that you speak fluently. And he gives some tips on how to go about learning, you know, to make that a strength. Like, just say... If your spouse's love language is a, a physical touch, yeah. you know, and I've been in a situation where that's being with someone <laughs> that is that's not affectionate and your language is physical touch and you need affection, how that, and he talks, he, he talks about the love tank, you know what I mean? How your love tank can be empty or full if you're not getting your primary love language or all, like I say again, all of them. And so I know firsthand how difficult it can be being with somebody that doesn't speak your love language at all and how it can put a, a big gap in your relationship, you know what I mean? So I think, you know, it's definitely helpful, you know, trying to learn and figure out what, what your love language is first because a lot of people, you know, don't, they think it might be one thing, like, you know, we, we say sex, you know, physical touch sex, but different things turn us on. You know what I mean? There's different things to turn us on, so it's like, you know, understand. I know mine personally is a, a words of affirmation. I see y'all both, a lot of men chime in on that right mm -hmm. or rip. You know what I mean? Me, personally, you know, I know, you, even though I know, like, I know that food was good that I just made you, but I want you to hear, oh, this, this shit was banging. You know what I mean? I like to hear it. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I know I just tore it up. You know what I'm saying? I know you was bold and growing but I still want to hear daddy, 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 sock it to me, daddy. You know, I still want to hear it. Like, that's me. So I know that's my yeah, primary. <laughs> but that's my, I know that's, I like that. I like to be, you it's know. issues are on full display. Yeah, I like it to be, uh, to be, I that's my primary. And I would say physical touch would be secondary, you know what I mean? But I, I know for, for, for me personally, you know, I like to hear, I like to, that affirmation, you know what I mean? I don't know. I know mine is physical touch um, because I'm a very affectionate person. I've always been like that. Like, I express myself very well. There's few people that I think express themselves as well as I express myself on how I feel about anything, whether good, bad, or ugly. I call out myself on BS, you know. <laughs> like, like sending the wrong text to your, your, your <laughs> best friend's wife by mistake. <laughs> Those types of things. I, you know, I call myself to the carpet or something. But, uh, you know, I'm definitely a physical person. 
Like, that's my love language. I, I hug a lot. If, I, if you know me, people who know me, if I, if I love you, I always give you a hug, you know, kiss on the cheek as far as the, the, the women or whatever. And it's not that I'm hitting on your girl or nothing. That's just the way I show love. And, um, you know, I think that my kids reciprocate that. They show it to their friends. You know, you kind of see your love through your children. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to say that that's their love language, but um, I think it's important. Five Love Languages is a, is a book that I recommend anyone read. And actually, I need to read it for a review because sometimes I could be tone deaf to other people's love languages. You know, right. we're, we're very self-centered people. You know, nobody is as narcissistic as a child because a child world is revolved around everybody trying to make that child happy. However, uh, we don't get rid of all the remnants of our childhood. We still carry this level of this grandiose way of thinking Thanks for joining and, and trying to suck in that, that affection and that love. So I think it's very important to get in tune with that person. Uh, I think communication is a large part of that, though, too. Yeah, and let me read this comment real quick. Kevin Wright just said, how many couples have this conversation or dialogue before hooking up, and can you tolerate the acceptance of differences? Can I ask you all that question? Can you tolerate, if you have the understanding that your love language and your partner's love language, you don't speak their love language or they don't speak your love language, can you tolerate can you accept that? Yes. I mean, and you already know my situation, yeah. Because, yes. <laughs> Lisa? <laughs> uh, I think that, it could be maybe tolerated for a little for a while, but eventually I don't think it will work because if you don't speak that person's love like each other. Their love out. tank is going to be in. Right. How can, you, how can you love each other if you don't speak the same language that I speak? So, and, and see, Kev, and, and what I want to say to this particular question is, the thing about relationships, and this is the thing that can be so frustrating about relationships, because you can do everything right, and you, but you can't control what the other person does. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the, the one thing about it is, especially about the book, is understanding your own love language so you can communicate that to your partner. Now, once you understand what your own primary love language is, or but and also, like I said, I want to emphasize, all five are very important, I feel. You know what I mean? So I think you should always, you should be like, you know, during the day or during the week, check like, okay, did I do this? Did I do this one? But specifically to say, if I tell you, okay, my love language is words of affirmation. This is what, you know, and you communicate this to that person. And then that person still refuses to acknowledge that or, or you know, cater to that. You know what I mean? I think that to me, that's just flat out laziness. If I'm telling you, okay, all you got to, this is what, you know, say, baby, you know, you did a good job. Well, baby, I'm, you know what I mean? Say these things to me and, and this will mean whatever. And then this person refuses to do it. I don't see how you can, I don't see how you can keep going forward with that person because that's just a lack of effort. You know what I mean? I feel most relationships die for lack of communication. You know what I mean? Things, more, more things aren't said or things aren't understood. But once you understand yourself and you verbally communicate. It's like a, a woman say, hey, you know, it'd be nice if you, you know, uh, buy me things every blue often, you know what I mean? Because you might not been with somebody, you might not be used to 
by, you know what I mean? I got different love languages for someone else. You might not have been used to that. So somebody said, well, this is my, and he's not buying me something all the time or buying me big lavish special gifts. You know, so if I communicate to you that to you, like, well, you know, but I ain't got no money and I, you know, my checks be cut. You know, and I just, what I just said, it's not about people get defensive, like, well, you know, I, no, so you, you always complain. Exactly. Never exactly. happy. All you want is this won't, won't, won't. What you got Jackson was trying to call it. He said, what I was going to say is, I don't agree with some people's interpretation of affirmation. The mistake to, the mistake it for acceptance and make it seem like you should take a lot of BS off them. But when you show you love yourself more than them, they expect you to change that. And again, real quick, to piggyback on what I wanted to say, I'm glad you said that. Another thing, what I, what I got about these five love languages, you have to speak them to yourself also. You know what I mean? You have to give yourself worth affirmation. You know what I'm saying? Give yourself quality time by yourself into your own thoughts, into your own, you know what I'm saying, uh, person. You have to give yourself gifts. You know what I mean? You go to the store like, I'm buying myself these. I worked hard. I did X, Y, and Z. I'm going to give myself a gift. Get, you know, do stuff for yourself. Go get a manicure. Go get a pedicure. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, touch yourself. You know what I'm saying? Put on the poor home and handle your business. So I love me. You know what I'm saying? But you got to, you do, you have to Some do your best. Some of ourselves a lot. To, to, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you have to do these things for yourself. But the thing is, you know, it, it only goes so far in a relationship. You know, you can mm-hmm. tell yourself, I'm going to do this. I'm going to love myself. I'm, but when you're with somebody... And this person isn't giving you, you know, you know. I, I don't. That's why I say I don't want to see the, say the things you need because you shouldn't have to need it, you know. But the things you want, you know what I mean. So it's like you're like okay, you know, it can it can ha- it can have a gap. It can cause it a gap, and that's how couples just kind of fade. You know what I mean. That's it. So you got to communicate this stuff to to yourself first, and then to your partner. I don't know, man. I, I think some of this is difficult for a lot of people because people haven't learned to have interpersonal communication skills. And some people may not be as deep as they portray to be. So it, it's hard to communicate with somebody who doesn't know themselves. So I, I think a lot of times we get caught up in relationships with people who just don't know who they are as a person. And you sit here, you're trying to elicit certain behaviors or responses from them that you'll never get because they don't even know who they are. Yeah. And, you know, that that's a frustrating thing. It's like... Uh, so what I would implore you to do is up, start talking to your kids at a young age. Let them know that it's okay to be themselves. It's okay to feel this way, that way. Make whole people. Yeah. Make whole people. I think what we had a tendency to do is shape people. And we want to shape our kids into the perfect person. The thing is, let them be the perfect them. And whatever that yeah. is, accept that. So they'll be better in relationships. Because when you start dealing with people, take the emptiest person you ever dealt with. Spend time with their parent. And most of the time, you're going to see their parent is just as empty as them. So Yeah, a lot of times we try to uh, uh, avoid our insecurities on our kids. And we end up actually pushing those same insecurities. We try, kid, to, yeah. we try to, you know what I mean? We'll yeah. to make them strong. Right, right. Hold on, Kevin Wright just said, I had a woman tell me, I'm just freaky because my language was affection. Because Steve Harvey said to make the man wait 90 days, laugh out loud, wait, so mine ain't as important because of me being a male, and Steve Harvey advice, laugh out loud, <laughs> what? <laughs> but you know what, man, you know, I'm one of the guys who, 
for my daughters, I, I don't I don't mind a ninety day rule because I need to know you before I start getting physical with you. You know, I, I'm the one of the thought frame. Don't smash the person that you really care about quickly. Let's see if it's really there. Mm-hmm. So when you give it, it feel like a prize. And then two, they gonna feel like you ain't giving it to anybody else because you made them wait, and I feel special about myself. Most of us carry a certain type of ego when you're dealing with men, and I'm pretty sure women do as well. But if you sit here and you make somebody wait, that can add to the quality of you as a person. I wouldn't do it as a game necessarily. I would just do it as a rule of thumb. Because why torture this man and treat this one different, or torture this woman you know and treat what? this one different? I I, I don't I, I never liked that whole terminology personally for me about waiting. It gives it gives the the narrative that only reason I'm here is to get some. You know what I mean? I'm just coming over. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for the legs open. You know what I mean? You should, as even as a man, I'm speaking to a man. I'm going to take you to the first here. As a man, you should want to get, you shouldn't be engaged in this woman just to smash. That's what waiting means. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking to you because I want to hit. Yeah. So how long I got to, how long I got to sit here and come over here and listen to you, yada, 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 and all oh, Jessica on uh, Love and Hip Hop did this and such and such did that. I'm just trying to hit. You know, and that's man, what but, waiting means. But let's like, talk look. about reality, though. Some of these guys are going out and smashing real quick on yeah. everybody. So they they build no quality in anybody. So now you do something different from the status quo, that makes you seem different. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want to put out, if you making a guy wait or you making a woman wait, do what you do. That's how I look at it. Do what you do. I, I, I'm of the opinion that you should. But that could be because I've grown up with well, not, in my I, family. You see, have, me, I'm talking as a man. I'm not talking about weight. Personally, when I, if any situation I ever stepped into, whether I'm just somebody introduced me to a woman or whatever it is, I always had my thought is I'm just trying to get to know you. Mm-hmm. I, my goal, see, my goal is not to have sex with you. Yeah. But I know that's what a lot of dudes do. That's why you say, but well, I'm waiting. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm about to stake out this pussy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to be here with the flashlight. I'm about to stake it out. You know what I'm saying? As long as it takes oh, 90 days, man. 120 I mean, days, really, it don't matter. What is the point of waiting? Because there's enough girls, enough guys out there to give it to you. So why are you waiting? Or why she holding on thinking, oh, you really like her? He can be fucking the bitch down the street from you. You'll get some buzz from her and then come up here and chill That's with you. That's what I'm saying. So that's like waiting. It's like if you... Yeah, but what I'm saying is you build your value in that, man. It's all about value. Everything is about value. So however you do value... No, I'm talking about as a man. I'm talking about as a man. If you wait, and what does waiting really do? If a man gonna disrespect you, if a man gonna devalue you, he gonna devalue devalue you rather you fuck him 90 minutes after you meet him or 90 days. I don't think... I mean, waiting is a good thing, don't get me wrong, Mm -hmm. but I don't think waiting... It's going to make that man value you anymore if he's if he doesn't already value you. He should just value well, you anyway. Just well, how? Because I don't know you. Well, how see, can I value you? Well, because a lot well, of people I mean, you meet are, I mean, are artificial, whether it's male woman, or female. If you come to a woman and you're trying to get with that woman, uh-huh. you must feel you must feel that if she has some value because you came to her and you approached her and you giving her your time. If you. you value yourself, then you're only going to let people that have value be in your circle. Yeah. So I, I agree with you because you have certain criteria right, that you do. Right. But I mean, if you busting it down, see me, I'm just of the opinion. <laughs> my opinion is both of y'all should wait. I actually want a woman to care about me before I sleep with her. That's and, and this is this, let me let me let me phrase it. Let me go through my own personal Stake experience. It out. I know, ain't crazy. <laughs> let me go to my own personal experience. <laughs> when I say I'm not waiting, okay, I meet a woman, right? My mind said I'm going to get to know her. Yeah. Okay, so at what point do I? 
make a move to try to have sex with them. I'm not. I don't. You feel what I'm saying? I'm, my, my goal is to get to know them. You know what I mean? So, and, and, and however long that take or whatever that goes, after about two, I usually know within two, three days, like, nah, this ain't gonna work. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But, you know, you get to know somebody, a week go by, two go by. I'm not sitting here stressing about when I'm going to hit it. See what I'm saying? The mentality I mean, some people, of like, oh. Some people, a lot of guys do, and I, think, right, I right. think that's why, you know, I can't understand where you're coming from. Because I have, like, met a guy, hung out with him, and I'm, in my mind, I'm like, well, we're just about to talk, let's kick it. Yeah, we're going to have You know fun. what I'm saying? Yeah. As soon as he get there, he's like, oh, what's up, baby? Like, damn, see, you that's, missed that. And see, I'm like, damn, that's why you man touching on me? Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. going to tell, that's why, so the, the the combination when you say wait, I know we kind of got off the subject a little bit, but when you say wait, like okay, that means from the first time that I try to hit it and you say no, now nah, I'm waiting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when you don't, when you just try to get to know them, and some and, and a lot of times it just happens naturally. It, you know what I mean? It just happened naturally, and okay. then you will know because you weren't trying to get it. You weren't trying to oh baby, please, 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 baby, please, please. please, please you know what I mean? Please. Nah, I, I, we don't go to, we don't do none of that. I don't know. It'd be hard on her because I, I stay busy. I'd be gone. So if you try to play with me, I wouldn't even notice. <laughs> like, okay, I'm out of town again. All right, I'll be in Alaska tomorrow. You know, you you just not going yeah. up. You, you'll never know. Hold on. Kevin Wright said, affection ain't just smashing hugs, holding hands, building closeness, sharing thoughts and meals together. So give me the other side. <laughs> What's up? Kevin, give me the other side, man. You, you laid down that good one. Jerome Jackson just said, I love that Baba Sarab and LeBron is an example of holding your own destiny close. Yes, I agree with that, man. Take take control of your life, man. Better than yourself. There's no bigger bet than you. Everything that you're feeling right now is correct. Don't be scared. Everything you want is on the other side of fear. Yeah, and the only thing holding you back is fear. You got to sacrifice. You have to sacrifice yourself. Sacrifice your some things around you in order to get you want mm-hmm. everybody not everybody but people complain about they don't have they're not you can't you can't you're not and you won't until you start you sacrificing and start believing say in that. yourself but against somebody holy ghost yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody need to hear that why keep, why keep why, who this is talking from? about everybody else and what everybody else got why don't you just go out and get it and then you have to keep talking about what everybody say else that. got Right, right, right. So on that note, facts, 100. You already yeah. know what it is. Hey, I told y'all it was going to be a really great show, man. I wouldn't bullshit and be full disclosure. So thank y'all for tuning in. Everybody who checked in, Jerome Jackson, man, Papa Bubba Boy, Patrick Bubba Boy Cole, you know how we do. Hey, man, like I said, share the link, share the podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, uh, subscribe to it. You know what's what I mean? Hit us up. On t- you know, uh, Twitter. Uh, what's that other call? Instagram, Instagram, Facebook. You know what I mean? You know what we do, man. Turn it like a T.I. motherfucking is. Happy Derek birthday to all the cancers out there. It's cancer season. Big Dick Dash and Lisa Lisa. Happy birthday, Uncle Eric. Peace out, y'all. Michael. All love all love day, y'all. man. Peace. Yeah.